Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome back to the Unplayable Podcast. We are right in the middle of KFC BBL 12 finals. We had our first final last night on Friday night. The Brisbane Heat defeated the Sydney Thunder. Thanks to the Duckworth-Lewis Stern system, uh, Jack Painter was there in Sydney. My name is Josh on the finger. So we're just going to cross to Jack now to recap that Eliminator final. The Heat got the job done with a little bit of thanks to the rain. First question is, Josh, why does it always rain in Sydney when there's cricket on? <laughs> it was sunny all day and then as soon as the thunder started batting, the rain came down and um, brought to end what was set up to be an exciting chase. You know, Warner had, had finally got going. Uh, he got a start. He got to 36 off 25 boundaries. Um, looked like the thunder were well in the hunt and then the rain came down and unfortunately brought a premature end uh, to the match but you know it was all the Uzi show early on wasn't it 94 off 55 I think and just some incredible stroke play those reverse uh, lap paddle scoops over third just incredible shots and I spoke to him a little bit after after the game about it and it's something that he's only just started doing in T20 career but he's been working on it for for years uh, but finally uh, got a chance to bring it out uh, in a game last night and and it paid dividends for the heat well, after I mentioned on the last podcast with you just how the other test stars besides Steve Smith haven't really fired, we got them all firing last night, didn't we? Usman Khawaja, as you said, Manus Labuschagne, 73, that's his highest score in the BBL. And then David Warner looked like he was on and, as you said, was stroking them pretty nicely until the rain came down. Uh, what did you think? Did you think the Thunder was sort of angling to make a good chase of the 200 total? I think so. They were well in the hunt. Like they were sort of on about what the the heat were at that point. They were obviously behind the par score at that time because the heat scored so heavily in the last ten overs. But with Warner in um, and going, you know anything could happen. He could easily peel off, you know, a, a knock equally significant as Kawaja's. Um, and they had a f- few batters to come. They're only one down, so it was very much game on. Um, fortunately for the the Thunder fans who were who braved the wet weather out at the Showground Stadium there in Western Sydney. Um, it wasn't to be, and, and now the Heat move on to to play the Renegades on on Sunday. That's right. So that match at, will be at Marvel Stadium on Sunday evening. Melbourne Renegades, Brisbane Heat. It's going to be an interesting match. The winner of that will play the loser of tonight's match, which is Saturday night. Sydney Sixers have travelled to Perth to take on the Perth Scorchers, and that the winner of that match goes straight through to the final. So. Plenty at stake for these remaining matches. Speaking of the Melbourne Renegades, though, Jack, you spoke to their spinner, who's from Western Australia, Corey Rocciolli, and he had some interesting uh, stories to tell as well. He's, yeah, he's a really nice story, uh, Corey Rocciolli. He's uh, had to bide his time at the Renegades this season. Obviously, had Akil Hussain and Majib Uraman from Afghanistan early on, who, you know, they were incredible in what they were able to do. So he 
kind of had to, to wait his time um, to get an opportunity. And he actually said that that time spent with them uh, without going into too much of our chat later, but, you know, that kind of got him into the side because he was able to learn so much off those guys and how they go about bowling in, in T20s, you know, uh, their game plan and how they want to, you know, when they want to change their pace and that kind of thing. And it really helped shape his bowling. So he's benefited from that. Uh, but he's just a bit of a, a ripping fellow. He's got a few quirks here and there. Uh, we mentioned one on the last podcast about naming his bats after coffee shops. There's also another quirk to do with his Instagram. So really interesting chat and, and looking forward to uh, sharing that one and, and hopefully seeing him in action tomorrow against the Heat. Yeah, well, I think that's a pretty good plug. Without further ado, let's jump straight into your chat with Corey Rocacholi. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Corey Roccicelli, welcome to the Unplayable podcast for the first time. Uh, the Gades are into the finals for the first time in, in four seasons and you've played a key part in that the last three games. How are you and the, the rest of the group feeling? Yeah, I think it's an exciting time. We, we started the tournament really looking forward to trying to push ourselves into a finals series. And, and after the last three seasons, four seasons that the boys have had, um, obviously I wasn't a part of any of those, but you can sort of get the sense that there needed to be some changes and and we wanted to go out there and sort of prove that and sort of earn the respect of the competition. I think we've done that now, finishing third. So, um, And in tournament cricket, the rest the rest can happen very fast. So we're looking forward to Sunday night, whoever we're playing. Did you and the rest of the boys watch that crazy sort of finish to the end of the season yesterday? Um, I didn't personally, but I know a few of the boys were all at, um, were watching it in, in each other's rooms. So uh, there was a few text messages getting flown around. And what did you, you make of it? You've obviously seen the scores. Um, hurricanes came from nowhere and then ended up not getting through in the end. Um, yeah, I think the Hurricanes would have been on top of the world when they finished the game. Um, but unfortunately, they obviously they couldn't couldn't make it through. Um, yeah, I think it was just one of those things where sometimes in T20 cricket, the, the person who panics first loses and I think maybe the Heat might have panicked first. Um, but they, they were obviously already in the final, so they didn't, I don't think, have too much to play for. Um, they would have already known that they were in, so they, they were probably walking away going, well, we didn't have to, don't have to think about it. We can move forward. And you obviously had to... It's your first season in the Big Bash. You had to bide your time at the start of the season with Akil Hussain and Majib in the Gage side. Uh, how did you... How are you finding your first season in the Big Bash? And I guess, you know, training alongside those guys and watching those guys go about their business. 
Um, it's been really exciting. It's such a good time of year. Um, obviously, everyone starts watching the Big Bash because it's the bright lights and and when you're around it, the crowds start getting bigger. We were at Optus two days on Sunday and there was 32,000. Like, you don't get that for a Shield game as much as we <laughs> want to have that for Shield cricket. Um, we don't have that for Shield cricket. So it's just an opportunity to play in front of some bigger crowds and really test your skills in front of um, not only the crowds, but also the the people watching at home. There's a fart. My phone um, seems to get a few more extra text messages after games than what it does after Shield cricket. So there's obviously a few more people watching it. Um, yeah, the four weeks with Akil and, and Majeev, that was incredible. Um, I couldn't have asked for a better intro into Big Bash cricket. I think I, I earned my way to playing based off the fact that I got four weeks of a training camp with those two and picking their brains. It was... Um, it was awesome. Just the stuff that they do day in, day out, how professional they are off the field, but how well they know the game and, and sort of the, their processes. It was was awesome to sort of talk through things um, along the tournament and sort of pick their brains about things that happened during the game and just how clear and concise they are with, with understanding their roles in T20 cricket. You mentioned the Perth game uh, the, at Optus. What's it sort of mean to you playing in front of a crowd like that even though you're on the opposite side being a Perth boy I know there was a strong crowd at the, at the WACA last year for the Shield final but you know 20, 30 odd thousand at, at, the, at the furnace must have been pretty exciting for you as a local boy yeah, I um, I got the yeah, I, I was very lucky. The fact that I think the crowd sort of knew that I was a West Australian, so I wasn't getting sprayed too much. I had early in the early now bowling innings, someone in the crowd um was was running his lip at me, um, which was pretty funny. But then I got an apology about five seconds later when he realised I was a West Australian. Um, so that was that was pretty humorous. But then also the fact that I got to play T Twenty cricket in front of lots of family and lots of friends at Optus. That was, that was another cool thing. I think um, obviously taking the opportunity away from home means that they don't get to necessarily see me play live in the flesh. So to have that opportunity to play, I just was just, it was so awesome seeing them after the game and how excited they were that I was out in the middle of Optus stadium. Yeah, it was an awesome experience. And what were the main sort of takeaways for you from that time with the keel and Majeev obviously did, both different styles of bowlers to you, but I'm sure, you know, same sort of craft you would pick up a lot. Yeah, I think for, like for someone like Majeev, just how well he uses his variations um, and the way that he chooses his changes in pace. Um, and, and a lot of that is stuff that I can um, bring into my game, how well that I change my pace, um, how well that I can use my crease. If there's variations that I'm going to need to work on in the next couple of years, Majeev had obviously about a thousand different balls that spin different ways. Um, but just picking up little things on how I can I can bring that into my game. It was obviously going to be a little tight turnaround to try and bowl any variations in the middle now. But going into the preseason next year, there's stuff that I'm, I've taken from him that I can practice in the preseason. With Akil, there's just lots of little things that he was really good at in terms of summing up the conditions really quickly, whether it was going to spin, whether it was holding, whether he could swing the ball with his arm ball. We saw how good his armbar was, especially in Canberra, not Canberra, Geelong, sorry, um, how well he was swinging the ball there and, and the excitement he got in playing cricket. I think we sort of had the same sort of energy levels of how exciting it is to play cricket and he was, he was we're bouncing off each other left, right and centre. With, um, I guess, you've come predominantly uh, red ball cricket so far into the big bash. Have you had to implement any variations or different styles of tactics or, or mindset and stuff or what's it sort of been like the transition um, into Big Bash for you? I think at the start of the tournament, I was really excited to sort of learn how to be a bit more of a defensive off spinner. I think sometimes in shield cricket, I like to go out, out on the attack and, and take wickets and sometimes you're, you're 
having the balancing act between taking wickets, but also not letting your economy slip past, um, obviously go look go through the roof so I, I was really excited to learn how to do that i still feel like that's a constant work in progress for me when to attack when to defend um my biggest asset being my, my turn and my bounce um and, and the stuff that i do in the air and how how i can bring that into t20 cricket i feel like in the 12 overs i've bowled so far there's been little snippets where i bowled really well and a couple of balls where i've probably just not needed to bowl what i needed to bowl so um, it's been a really big learning experience, which I think is going to help me in my red ball cricket as well. Just being able to sum up the conditions really quickly, work out batters, whether I'm being defensive or attacking. Um, I think that's definitely something that's going to be able to blend in between T20 and one uh, T20 and red ball cricket. Now, have you been able to figure out how to pick Najib yet during your time with him? I stood behind him in one of the games at Marvel and I flinched because I thought the ball was going the other way and it came straight at me. What's uh, Have you learned out like his tricks and how to pick, it, pick him up? Um, no, nah, I still can't pick him. <laughs> um, I, 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 I declined to face him in the nets purely for the fact that I was trying to get a game so I wanted to show how good my batting was um, and I faced him and Jeeb wasn't going to do that um, but he, yeah he just he was a genius just the way he uses his skills especially like flicking them all out the front of his hand it's, it's incredible I don't think people appreciate how hard that is like if they want to go and try and do that with a cricket ball just by throwing it and then try and bowl it and more often than not it ends up being a full toss instead of actually landing on the pitch <laughs> And what's the experience been like uh, bowling under under Finchie? Obviously, Aaron Finch, Australia's T20 captain. He obviously played under Sean Marsh last year um, at WA, and then Sam Whiteman this year. What's it been like with Finchie so far? Oh, I think just you getting. I'm getting glimpses of why Finchie's, or not, not even glimpses. I'm getting the exact reason why Finchie's been such a good captain for so long. Just his ability to make me think about the game really clearly. He's got so much experience. He knows what's going to happen when it's going to happen. So. I'm just, I just asked so many questions of him. Um, he's given some really good advice on how to be tactically ready for games, what I need to prepare for, um, and then just being able to go out there and back what I do. He's been really good at being able to trust me and trust my skills and really push me to trust my skills whilst I'm out in the middle and not just be bowling 120-kilometer arm balls um, and actually trying to spin the ball. So he's been really good and the trust he had in me to bowl the surge the other night in, against the Adelaide Strikers. I wasn't expecting to do that, so... Um, it's been nice to have the backing of the, of the captain. Now, no, those that uh, know you will know that you pinch your bats from from teammates and that you name them after after coffee shops. Can you sort of explain to us a bit how, how that came about and whether you're still sort of uh, pinching those bats off teammates? Um, I'm, I'm lucky now that Southern Cross Cricket have come on board, <laughs> Vinesh at Southern Cross Cricket, so they're giving me cricket bats now, which is really nice. But the, um, uh, the naming of cricket bats probably started as a joke, maybe 18 to 24 months ago, just getting sticks off the boys when I first came into the system. And um, I started to name them after coffee shops that I'd either been with the boys because most of the boys that I was getting the bats off, we'd been out for coffee or um, a coffee shop that's been around. I was around where they live. Um, so like being able to take like bats off the boys, the clear example is the Shield final last year. I was using um, Josh Phillippe's, one of Josh Phillippe's bats that I took off him. Um, I don't even know if he took it. I took it. He knew that I took it off him. But um, I we 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 do a lot of cycling to a coffee shop down in North Fremantle in Perth called um, Ooh, um, and we I named it after Ooh just by the fact that that's that's how I have an association with Flip and the coffee shop that we always go to. 
Um, there's a couple other bats that I sort of name after coffee shops where close to where I live. They're just basically all my favorite coffee shops and just a, a fun way to name my bats. And now that I've got the same stickers on my bats, I just want to know which bats, which, so I just name it after a coffee shop and it's, it's easy for me to understand. Where's that, uh, stick now, the one from the shield final 28 ball 50. It must be sitting pride of place in the pool room. Maybe. Um, it's, it's on ice for shield cricket. It's one of my favorite shield, shield bats to use. So at the moment it's, it's back home in Perth. Um, I'm too scared to use it in T20 cricket, too scared to break it. Um, so it's had a few, few fixes along the way, but at the moment that's my current number one in shield cricket. And what about uh, the stick you're using at the moment in the big bash? You only required once in your first game of the season, but uh, has that got a name? Um, yeah, that has a name. So that's named after my um, my favourite coffee shop in Trigg called Yellow. For anyone who knows Perth, um, it's a it's a coffee shop that basically overlooks <coughs> the um, the ocean. Um, it's an incredible place. If anyone, it's about to close down. So if anyone is in Perth now or is going to Perth, I suggest you go there. It's especially in summer. It's it's an incredibly good looking view. We've seen uh, we've seen Manus bring in his own uh, coffee brand. Any thoughts of doing that for you? Seem like a coffee lab. Um, at the moment, I've I've got a, a nice affiliation with Margaret River Roasting Company. Um, James Tishowes has been really nice to provide us at WA Cricket and the Renegades with um, coffee whilst we've been travelling. So um, if you ever come into the, the change rooms during Shield Cricket, there's about a kilo and a half worth of coffee that the boys go through in in, in four days. So we've been well caffeinated by the boys at Margaret River Roasting Company. And what about uh, Melbourne? How have you found the coffee over over here compared to Perth? Um, I thought Perth coffee was really good, and then living two months in Melbourne, it's it's probably taken a little step up. Um, there's good coffee on every corner. Um, there's lots of good filter coffee as well. So we've been spoiled for choice, especially being um, in Pran, um, where we're staying with the Gates. That's uh, good to know for for Melbourne coffee lovers and those who rate Melbourne coffee. That's uh, it's up there. Um, now I want to sort of. Uh, I know it's BBL time, but I want to talk a little bit about uh, the Sheffield Shield. Um, you're the leading wicket taker with 16 for, for spinners at this part of the, at this sort of halfway point of the season. You must be pleased with how all that's tracking. Yeah, it's been awesome. It's been really cool to have um, the backing of Adam Voges and the rest of the boys at um, WA Cricket. I was. <laughs> I was really uh, lucky, I suppose, that the last Shield game I did play was on a on a very spin-friendly wicket at the SCG, so I capitalised as much as I could there. Um, and then the rest of the time, my role at the Wacker is to support the the big fast bowlers um, and just making sure that um, I'm going I'm going at a at a really low economy rate. Um, I think my favourite innings of the of the whole Shield season was even though I took two, uh, two forfers in Sydney, my favourite innings was bowling to Queensland on day one and going 18 overs, one for one or two for 27 because I feel like that's something that the boys ask of me to do and, and that's something that I was really proud of and I think that's helped to set us up for a win. So those those innings like that have been really fun and, and really rewarding to bowl in and having the trust to go out there and play play basically every game for the Shield season has been, been awesome. And uh, you coach WA coach Adam Vo just sort of talked ahead of the season about um, developing spin in, in WA because you know we become accustomed to, to the whacker being you know four quicks and, and really pace friendly. What's it like to sort of have that clarity from your coach knowing that there's going to be a role there for you throughout the whole season? Oh, it's awesome. It just makes you um, walk a little bit taller and, and sort of being a little bit stress-free that you're not going to get dropped um, or not play at home. Um, I think sometimes in the past we might not have played a spinner at home. So to be able to know that we're playing at the Wacker, but I'm still going to play regardless of if it's a big green top or a, or a flatty, um, that's been really good to 
um, know that I'm going to go out there and play and so then I can plan and prepare. Um, we've obviously got the, the nets at the Wacker that are pretty green and pretty spicy. So I just try and bowl on there and, and you sort of learn what it's like to bowl at the Wacker. I really enjoy bowling at the Wacker. The, the, the drift that you get when the sea breeze comes in and then the, the spin and the bounce that you get sort of on a, on a day one wicket, like it still spins. Um, unfortunately, usually I'm not getting there at the moment because the fast bowlers are doing really good jobs. But um, yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed it. And then chiming in with the bat whenever I can. And it kind of suits your style, doesn't it? The whacking, you know, you big overspin, uh, lots of bounce, that kind of the whacker wicket is, is suited to your style. Is that sort of you've developed your bowling style to that or you've always sort of had those those weapons? Yeah, I wouldn't say that I've like gone out there knowing that um, – that like that was the style that I wanted from the get go. I think it was just the fact that I was bowling off spin. Then I grew to being six foot three. So um, it sort of helps the fact that I'm a little bit taller, but like playing on the wickets and playing great cricket in Perth, we're not getting big bunts and burners. So I've been asked to try and get bounce and, and use that sort of shape, um, which I really enjoy. I, I find that really fun to be able to get some bounce and, and extract that. That's the stuff that now I'm sort of building, building a career around. I was going to ask you a little bit later, but sort of talk to us um, how you got into off spin. Was it, were you always an off spinner, and you sort of were smaller and then grew into six foot three, or how did it come about? Um, I'm 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 smiling right now, thinking about the day. I think it was 36 degrees in Perth, and I would have been in under 13s districts, and I was short and chubby, like most 13 year olds are, and I was bowling little meadows, and by meadows I mean probably at 50 kilometres an hour, thinking that I was a top order batter. Um, and I decided to bowl one ball of spin, asked the coach if I could bowl it. And the ball, first ball spun. Um, well, that's how I remember it anyway. And the rest is history. I've kept bowling spin ever since then. So you hadn't, had you practiced it at training or in the nets or anything prior to that? Or is it just in the game, picked it up one ball and then gone from there? Um, so I, I did it in the nets like that, that ball, I was like, I'll, I'll bowl a one in, it was 36 and I bowled maybe a couple overs of medium pace and I bowled one, one ball of spin and then bowled in the, the nets for maybe a week or so after, and then ended up bowling spin in a game, um, and then bowled pretty reasonably. And then, yeah, I just sort of learned from there at the time I was still thinking that I was a top four batter. Um, if you ask Josh Phillippe, he has vi- visual memories of me rolling in with Michael Clark sweatbands and trying to bat like Michael Clark. So um, uh, that's what I thought I was at the time, but it's obviously morphed and evolved over the, over the, over the time. Your career today, you've won a Shield four games into your first-class career um, and you played a key role with obviously 50 and a couple of wickets in that match. Is it pretty surreal thinking about that's what you've achieved so far, even though your career is so young? Yeah, I got a, I got a, a couple of texts yesterday just sort of saying that in the in the space of 18 months, I've, I'm playing in Shield cricket now. I'm playing in Big Bash finals. So, yeah, it's been an incredible rise. I think in um, the, the sorry two years before that, I was involved in the Scorchers, and we I didn't play a game, but we got to the final of that. So, I've been really lucky um, and really fortunate that I've sort of come into a time of Western Australian cricket that we're we're successful. Um, obviously, it's been really nice to be able to push my way into the the first eleven and be able to play a really um, influential role. In, in how the team's been going um when you're living it it's sort of something that you just sort of like brush off but when you mention it now it's really cool to think about it 2021 20, uh, if i was if i go back to being a 2021 20, year old to tell me at 25 i'll be doing the things i am um yeah it's pretty cool do you look at um obviously todd murphy's had a similar sort of rapid rise into the aussie test squad do you look at someone like him and 
see that the next step is actually not that far off, even though you're quite still quite young in your career? Yeah, like obviously it takes you just got to perform really well, and you never know where you're going to end up. Um, Murph's Murph's bowled wonderfully well the start of this season and and the back end of last season. He's a he's a really good bowler. Similar characteristics. I really enjoy talking and spin bowling with Murph. So um, yeah, he's he's bowled really well, and he's got a really bright future ahead of him. Um, as for the sort of the, myself and Australian stuff, like I just want to keep bowling really good at the moment and playing good shield cricket for WA. Um, the rest will simply take care of itself, I reckon. I think um, I've learned over the last five or six years that if you stay in the present moment, it you sort of you, your your own rapid rise happens really quickly. So I'm just worried about that. And I want to play for Australia, but I've got bigger fish to fry and that's playing good first-class cricket for WA, good good big big bash cricket for the Melbourne Renegades and, and performing and taking lots of wickets. Now, I've heard you've got a little bit of a quirk with your social media apps during Shield games um, where you delete them during the game and then reinstall them after the game. Is that correct? And sort of talk, talk us through the reasoning um, behind that. Yeah, so this this, um, this happened this time last year. I wasn't in the um, the Big Bash um, set up and I was having a conversation with the, the WA cricket psychologist at um, the WACA, Tom Parker, and I was spending, I've been spending a lot of time with him and we were sort of working through some visualizations and I sort of th- realized that I was spending a lot of time looking at how other people were doing in um, the Big Bash and being really jealous and being really jealous of the boys being away and having FOMO, which I'd probably never had in my life before. Um, being such an enjoy, like enjoying my life that I'd never really had FOMO. Um, and at that time, my missus was um, stuck on the other side of the country in New South Wales without um, being able to see her. So I was spending a lot of time on my on my um, social media apps and I made a decision there and then to sort of delete Instagram off my phone. I made a pack that I just deleted off my phone till till the end of the end of the shield season. Um, and the whole reason was that was I was just burning mental energy thinking thinking too much ahead of like what other people were doing and not focusing on how I was going to get better and me enjoying my moment. We live in Perth and like Perth is an incredible place to live. I'm so lucky I live there and I live a kilometer away from the beach. Um, so I just sort of decided to keep enjoying the present. Um, and then this season I've sort of had Instagram back, but I've sort of had some pretty strict um, regimes around it. So like um, in going into games, shield games, I'd delete it the night before and don't touch it again till the, the morning after the, the four days are finished. Um, and then during Big Bash cricket, I, it's usually around 24 hours before that I'll delete it off my phone and then I'll, I'll re-download it at the end of the game or a couple of hours after or in the morning after the game. It's just so I don't burn mental energy looking at things that don't need to be looked at. Sometimes when you're away from home, and you've got your friends and your family at the beach um, and you and they're doing cool things that even though I'm doing cool things, sometimes you have a want to go and do those things. So it sort of just allows me to stay in my bubble and, and absorb what I need to and focus on playing, playing professional career, which is hard enough at the best of times. You don't need to worry about having stuff filtering through your head and wasting mental energy on other things. I guess um, you'd probably want to have a, a pretty memorable password if you, if you, continually sort of deleting the app any chance any times you forgot the password and haven't been able to log back in uh, no nah, i think it's stuck in my keychain on my phone so i usually <laughs> just use my face id and it logs me back in um but yeah it's either that or i just log in on my laptop that's got the it's saved does this um this sort of stint with with the renegades um you know a few white ball games you're obviously pushing for, for one day stuff at wa as well do you think that sort of helps um sort of put your name into that conversation as well 
Yeah, I think we're really lucky at WA that we probably don't need a front an out and out spinner. We've got Darcy Short and we've got Ashton Turner at the moment. Um, I want to play all three forms, and I've been pretty clear on that with with V and and everyone that I just want to be the best cricketer I can be, and that includes for me. I just want to not get pigeonholed in a format and just sort of explore how I can be good in all three formats. Um, yeah, I, I always put my name up to play. I think they they've just got a we've just got a really strong side, so I'll always put my hand up. Um, it obviously helps now that I'm being able to perform in T20 cricket. Um, that might help me, but yeah, I just want to. I'm putting my hand up and v, V's got the pro- the problem of being the selector. I think that we've got so many good talented players at Western Australia that sometimes it's hard to fit 20, 20 good players into an 11. I think we were sort of going back and counting that there was nine players who weren't available for the Shield, Shield final last year that could have played. So I wouldn't have played if they were all available. So um, we're just really lucky. We've got some amazing players at Western Australian cricket. And and what is it about WA cricket? You've obviously come through the, the system now. You've, you had to go come over to Melbourne for your big bash opportunity, but you know the amount of players that you've got um, that are ready to play when they're when they're selected too. What what is it about WA and being part of that sort of um, program that makes it so good? I think we're just really lucky that at the moment we've got a lot of good high caliber international players and some really good players who haven't really had the opportunity to play for Australia, but are amazing cricketers as well. Um, I still have this vivid memory of my memory of my first day of. Um, pre-season training with Western Australia two, three seasons ago during COVID where I was doing, I was running laps and I think the group was me, Cameron Bancroft, Mitch Marsh, Marcus Stoinis, and I think Sean Marsh was in it. Um, and as a young kid coming through to be around those players, you sort of rise to their level. You rise to their level of training when they're all back in town. Um, you really rise to that level. And I think that helps us young, young boys at the time to, to get better and better and better. And I've been really lucky as well to have Ash Agar as basically my my one-stop shop to whenever I need a call about off-spin bowling, I give him a call and talk to him about it um, compared to some other states who might not have that experience. And then not, not, not including Matt Kelly and Joel Paris, who are also incredible fast bowlers. Um, we're just really lucky that we, we can talk to those people and sort of expand our game before we even play. We've got some really good developmental pathways. we got... We've got some incredible coaches at the Wacker that sometimes like Adam Voges at the top. You've got Bo Casson, you've got Tim McDonald, Matt Mason was there last season. You've got Wes Robinson, a development coach, Tom Parker, the sports uh, sports psych, and then the rest of the SNC staff. Like, we've got some really good pathways and Jeff Marsh as well. Um, we've just got some really good coaches and we've got some really strong grade cricket. So I think it's all morphing in together and the fact that we've got, yeah, some really strong international players as well. And you mentioned Sean Marsh there. You've got a bit of a strong WA contingent at the Renegades. Uh, yourself, uh, Sean Marsh and John Wells as well. Who are you targeting next year to bring over for next season? Um, I, well, when we were walking out to the middle at Optus the other day, I, I turned to Bangers and said he could be the fifth member of the, the Perth Renegades if he liked to be. Um, uh, if Bangers came over, that'd be good. But um, yeah. Whoever wants to come over and join us, we've got a not. We'll, we'll start calling it the Perth Renegades at, at one stage. So, um, yeah, anyone who wants to come join us is more than welcome. Beautiful. Thanks for joining us so much, Corey, and all the best for, for Sunday and, and hopefully the rest of the finals if the Renegades get through to the challenger and the big decider. Thanks, mate. Cheers.
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.